0: This is the Investor Frame Podcast with me, Paul Sparks. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Investor Frame Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Sparks. And on this show, we ask successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs to share their stories so we can all learn from their experiences and get closer to the things that we want in life. Today, I'm here with Micah Johnson. Micah is the business development manager at 8020 REI. He has sold half a billion dollars in the, uh, in seven years' Uh, which is an incredible amount of volume so he's got tons of experience he's got uh, a very interesting background the first time i heard micah speak i was just so attracted to his energy and the story that he shared so i had to bring him on here get him to share his story with you guys so um i'm excited to pull this apart today and and get you to share welcome in micah
1: awesome man thank you so much glad to be here good to see you again
0: you too man so uh you know like i said we always uh I like people that just have so much passion about what they're doing in life. So, you know, one of your phrases that you always say is being human on purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, your take on what that means. But like we do every show, we start off with a six-word update. Uh, So what is your six-word update today?
1: It is do the little things well.
0: I like it. And, you know, part of what you do at eighty twenty REI... Is help real estate investors do the little things well. Very right? much so, so. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah.
1: So, what we do at 8020REI is <clears throat> it's funny, whenever I uh, get asked this in airports, I say, we help, well, we build treasure maps for real estate investors. What we really do as well is, We provide you not only with great data, that's 30% of the solution, but also a strategy on how to market to it and tactics to get really granular with your data so you are getting
0: everything out of it. That's great. That's really what we do. I mean, and, and data is just one aspect of it, right? I mean, as you know, I mean, my experience is there's so many things that need to go right in order to actually convert that lead into a closable opportunity. And, you know, that's where you guys provide a significant amount of value to real estate investors.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We try to help you with the front end part to make sure that you're talking to people whose house you actually want to buy. They're likely to sell at a discount and we let you know kind of the time frame so you can say the right things to them. Because if you come up to someone that doesn't need to sell their house fast and say, Hey, I'll give you a cash offer today. They normally don't have a lot of good things to say. So what we really learned is if price is your objection, you're just talking to them at the wrong point in time.
0: Mm. And so what you guys do, and you specialize in data at Mm. 8020 REI, right? And turning investors over the right type of data so that they can put uh, allocate their resources to the right places. Uh, and I think that's what's contributed to your success and the company's success.
1: Very much so. Very, we We want to be known as the intentional guys. We want everything we do for you to be on purpose, which allows everything you do to your data when it comes to receiving it, sending your mailers to it, your texts or your cold calls. We want you not just to know who to call. We want you to know what, to, when to call, what to say when you get them on that channel and how to do it across all of them. So it's that for us, data and outbound marketing is one big system. And that's what we try to bring to our customers so that they have really it's they, a nice simple system that takes care of that into their business for them so they can focus on what they do well, which is buy houses. Like you said, there's so many pieces to get to a closing. That's what I love about real estate. It's doing a lot of little steps really well. Um, I always used to train that way. Closings, they don't live in a vacuum. They're the byproduct of a bunch of other little things. Do those. You'll have as many closings as you want.
0: Mm, I love it. Well, I'm sure we'll dive into 80-20 a bit more, but I'd like you to share a little bit more about your background. Um, you know, your your personal story that you'd shared with me last time was just very interesting. I don't meet a lot of people that have come from your background. So I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about, about you know, your personal uh, experience up to this point and also some of your professional experiences. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, it's funny how often those blur. So <laughs> personally, I was, depending on which part of that story you heard, I was raised in a very, I was raised in a Y2K cult in the middle of the woods in about the year 1988. So uh, as I tell everybody, the year 2000, that was a real bitch for me. So uh, <laughs> it, it, because you can't tell yourself the world's going to end for that long and it not end. So that's kind of what happened is you come, you get started in this really abrupt place. And what it taught me was, <clears throat> oof just the value of that day to day. I look back on it now and realize that, you know, I appreciate those things now more than I did then. The further I get from the moment, the more value it has. Um, And it was just kind of starting there. So I come out of, at at 15, uh, that's kind of when all that went differently. The, the world ends, my family changes drastically, and I kind of found myself pretty much just by myself most of the time. Now, I've been working since I was 12 years old. I started farming watermelons every summer, working mile-long rows, so I like to work. I learned hard work from my mom. She's, man, one of the hardest working people I know, and uh, I like to be engaged with doing something. So as I was putting all this together in life, I realized, shoot, um, People make all of this work, right? If I'm if without a person to do it to, none of it matters. Especially when I got into real estate. So there's this. I won't go through the whole gap of how I got from farming watermelons to real estate, but on this natural trend, growing from this environment, I kind of work my way up. I went to college a couple times, wasn't just didn't make it out. Not everybody does. That's okay. So as I was growing through it. I was like okay what do I want to do how do I leverage all of this information that I've learned in life and it really plugged in for me when I got into real estate in 2014 kind of this is where the personal met the professional because up until that point I probably have 30 different jobs I don't have the list up on my other screen but I'm working on this story just to say how many different things I had to do to make it all work to to survive right there was about 3 years in there where I was homeless so how to make all that stuff, you know, go on. There was one thing uh, I learned last year was statistically I died when I was 34. And that just means in the nature of my experience, people that go through similar things, that's typically the age that their life ends. So I learned that at the age of 37. I can't tell you how freeing that is because once you – outlive it then you can think about it kind of abstractly
0: like
1: like you were talking about um or how you know in the six word update solvable problem how we think about what it is we're going to do and that when that took place for me i saw the the value in all the hard right i saw all the people i met i saw how on that ground level what people go through when they're losing it all Mm. And when I got into real estate and started working with people on distress lists where I know you, Mm. I know you deeply here. I have been you. I know what it takes to raise your hand and say, things aren't going so well for me and I need a lot of help and I don't know what's going on. I know what that feels like. So when I started getting into real estate and digging into this world, my ability to connect with my customer was really deep. And it started to draw a lot of business to me just by simple, hey, call him. He can help. He can help. He really cares. He really cares. He actually cares. That was what I wanted to build my business on was mm-hmm. he actually cares. And that's what that life taught me was if I'm going to go through all this stuff that was really hard. And I, again, I don't know how long we have. it take quite a long time for the full story. But if I'm going to live through it, I'm damn sure going to provide someone else value from it. What did I learn along the way? How can this be useful for you? That leads into my, you heard me say it, being human on purpose. If I can just be me on purpose, that'll help you be you on purpose. And then when we're all rowing in the same direction, everything lives.
0: Well, I mean, you said a few things that I, I just couldn't agree with more about but this this life. You know, my, uh, my perspective is it's all about relationships and connection. And the the life experiences you went through going, you know, growing up in a Y2K cult, which is just crazy, Um, you know, to think that you came out of that, went through this period of life, you know, where you were homeless for a few years, battling adversity, battling, you know, statistically should have been dead at 34, to selling half a billion dollars in real estate to run, you know, and, and the amount of connection that's needed to do those things to help the types of people, uh, that as real estate investors, we, we help, right. A lot of these people are hyper distressed personally, financially. Um, and to have that level of, you know, not only empathy, but like I've been where you've been, what a position that you have found yourself in now to be able to help these people. Um, it's just such an incredible story.
1: It's, and it's why I love real estate so much. Real estate's this unique vehicle that touches every human being. We all got to sleep somewhere. Yeah. So whether that's whatever kind of building it is, it's under the, the umbrella of real estate. And for me, there was, I know what it's like to lose home. There's actually a study from 2017 where they studied homelessness and they took a group of people and all they did was give them a place to live. And the statistics of what they overcame over seventy percent, their any addiction they struggle with went away. They got a job. They they all of a sudden they leveled their life up because that's how powerful home is, and that's where that's what I connected with real estate. And then so when I changed my life financially with it, and could show people, holy smokes, this ain't just a lever a lever to provide an amazing service to other humans. It is an incredible machine to create yourself with financially. It's very stable. It's and you can interact with it in so many ways, right? So that's where in my journey through it as an investor selling those houses to now getting to work with investors in a whole new way where I, I leveraged all those relationships to then use my money to fuel your dreams, right? I built my dreams with real estate. I don't like to sell houses directly every day anymore. I love to work with investors day to day. How can we get you so dialed in on your market that, And if anyone thinks real estate, they think you. Then lets me take the money I made and reinvest it back. So it always lets you build yourself up with it. There's not a point where you can outrun it. And as someone that started from the bottom, that is very stabilizing. There's nothing like a foundation. And it's what I built mine on.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, and you are a business development manager right? Mm -hmm. And before that you were doing your own real estate business. And, you know, I think that it's part of what it seems like of playing your game is finding a situation, you know, not everybody is drawn towards this entrepreneurial, like I have to run and manage my own business. Mm -hmm. Now you did that for a long time. And I, love so much about like how how well you understand your game is that you're a business you you work for somebody now yeah and a lot of entrepreneurs are like oh i would never that you know i want to run and own my own business but but there's not a right or wrong way to design your life and what you've done is played your game played to your strengths and you're doing something now where you you know when i heard you i think the first thing i heard you say is like i want to impact a billion people's lives. Yep. Something like that. I want to um, help a
1: billion people learn how to be human on purpose. That's yeah. a
0: big goal. It's incredible. Um, And so, yeah, I would like to, to hear more about like your own personal solvable problem, mm-hmm. how you're using the platform that you're in right now with 8020 REI and how you help all these real estate investors. You've obviously got this, you know, fantastic way to connect with your clients, your customers and their clients and their customers. Mm-hmm right? And you're this guide for these different people. And, you know, I'd like to hear you share a little bit about how you, how all this fits into your own personal solvable problem. Absolutely. So for me, my personal solvable problem
1: is a fierce connection to the present. That's, that's what I value most. I actually heard a quote today. It says, it said, you, uh, you don't die or you don't live only once. You live every day. You die only once. And that's like, Oof, that drives me. Things like that. The little things well are fiercely connected to the present, which when that. When I can focus there, it's what let me like you just said, I this wasn't the only. I've owned multiple businesses. I used to own a professional golf tour that serviced guys trying to go pro. I've done a few different things that I don't have anymore, because as I built them, what I realized I would get them to this certain point. But what it would take to get it to the next level, not what I would do. Not it would always get to this level, and that's where it became the who, not how. So my solved problem became: how do I wake up every day and just be me, and that creates the life I want, whatever it means. And it took me a little bit to pull the when when I there was about a year where I'll be honest with you, I didn't have I was in between real estate and doing uh, we're with working with eighty twenty REI. And I was convinced I was gonna own this company and I ended up delivering groceries for Instacart because I was stubborn to the point where I'm gonna make this work. And then it hit me one day, I was actually working with my coach. It was out of New York. And he said, you need people now. You've developed mm-hmm. yourself enough to wear what you need. Point your skills with other people that are highly developed at something bigger. And that's where my journey got to step. But I realized, awesome. Now it's not it's not how, it's who. Where do I go? Point myself, and then I got hooked up with eighty twenty REI, and that's been an incredible experience.
0: That's so cool, man. Uh, what would you say to the stubborn version of probably both of ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, and like we we hear this all the time. Uh, this is what you should do. This is how you make money in real estate. This is, you know, it's it's like should, and as if there's some right or wrong way to build and design your life. I mean. What, what would you say to that person that says, hey, in order to be successful, you need to start and build your own company? Um, what would you say to that person?
1: My first question would be, what proof would I have to show you to make you believe otherwise? Mm. I want to see where that comes from. Because our should have and our would haves are really connected to ways that we beat ourselves up for things we aren't doing when really it's connected to us being in a hurry, right? One of my big things is being in a hurry isn't helpful. And it's why I love real estate because there's nothing you can do that makes it go faster. Nothing. You need so many people to do so many things to make the whole a deal actually close that you getting all worked up and freaked out helps none. And that's what I saw in my own career when I first got started was, I was at this high-energy guy, but I was blowing most of my energy. I wasn't using it intentionally. I was just doing a bunch of stuff while I waited for my deals to close. So that's where it was, okay, how do I do these little things well? What else can I do each day where this energy that I have gets applied intentionally where I want it, on down the line? And that's how I've used it to kind of grow to where I am and then applying it further.
0: Yeah. I mean... There's not a right or wrong way to design your oh, life.
1: Sorry, I didn't finish answering that. I realized that now. My bad, man. You no, asked me all a question good. and I answered with a question. So depending on what he said to that, I would tell you, you got to set yourself free. You have to. If someone like we have to understand how other people's opinions work and then how to use our own in life. And that was a big thing coming from my story. Like one thing I don't know is what normal is. This is something my therapist and I worked on. When you start from that kind of place, you really don't have a way to relate to life that Mm. most people do. So I use a formula I created uh, perspective equals comparison minus self-judgment. So I've got to know where I plug in so that I can know what I need to do to get to the next level. But if I when I look at it and I get all buttered about it, then I'm not helping myself. Like, so how do I compare minus self-judgment to get this perspective so then I know? When I was selling real estate, okay, if I need to get to this next level, what are they doing? How do, what do I need to do? And then what's that look like for me? Because how I deliver my marketing, we may be using the same channel, but how I do it, that's true to me. I'm saying what I want to say. When I went after my customers, it was towards that message I wanted to get across, which was always in line with, I actually care and I'm here to help, right? I would never trade that part.
0: Mm. Well, perspective equals comparison minus self judgment. I like that. Why do you think that uh, business owners, investors, entrepreneurs, industry professionals, why do we struggle so much with comparison? I don't
1: think we struggle with it. I think we tell ourselves the wrong story about it.
0: Hmm.
1: We use comparison, when you use comparison as a driver of, Oh, he has this and I got to go get it. Where that comes from in here? Different place. That's eating at your life. Like that's costing you energy to do it cuz once you get it, it only feels good for a half a second and then you realize you have to change it to the next. That's when you're only chasing results. Comparison, right, is okay, what do the what do the people that are good at it do? And then how what skills do I need to develop to create that? Where so let's say I want to help a billion people learn how to be human on purpose, right? Well, that's a huge statement. So right now, the selection of the billion I'm helping be human on purpose are investors working on this particular problem, doing this particular thing, right? Then I zoom in on so that what I'm comparing is how do I do this? And if I like how I do it, let's go do it. Then if I don't, well, I don't want it anyways because I don't care about the result. The result results live and don't live in a vacuum. Results are action plus time, always. Action plus time equals results. So, time is gonna time is here, and I'm gonna live each day. So now, what I got to do is be intentional about my action each day. And if the actions I'm doing don't pay my emotional paycheck, I'm not doing them. Hmm. Not anymore.
0: You know, and this plays in. To the idea that, that we talk about uh, a lot on this show of getting closer to the things that we want in life mm-hmm. without chasing more and more and more, you know, because there's all sorts of things, currencies, right, that we that we can get mm-hmm. more of. And uh, whether that's impact or influence that you make on people, whether that's money or time or relationships, it's hard to optimize for all of those things, right? To try to get all of these things all at once is very difficult. Um, and so how you define success becomes uh, very personal and preference-based, right? Like some people want the Lambo and the private island and the private jet and no judgment there, no. right? Um, Some people want to influence a billion people in this world. Yeah, Some people want to have unlimited time to be able to spend with their loved ones and friends and family, things like this. And again, I think it's mostly about clarity, getting clarity on what you're actually trying to get more of and recognizing that there's going to be trade-offs to everything, right? The trade-off to making massive impact on a lot of people might be that you're going to have to work a lot, right? The time and the energy needed to make that type of impact is huge, but if you're not clear on what you're actually trying to get closer to, you might fall into the trap of just trying to chase everything. And then also judging yourself when you don't get one thing or another. Right. And it's like, well, again, we we don't have unlimited resources. We have to do the little things right that get us closer to what we're actually trying to accomplish.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's being intentional. Yeah. And that's that's where it. As you get older, and this is this is where I truly believe in a, an intentional personal development. You need to know why you are the way you are and all the ways you are. Mm. When you know that, then what you line up in life, you do everything on purpose. Every action you take feeds an action for now and later. Because what you're trying to create gets you there. It's that fierce connection to the present it's, I want this life, if I, I want to help a billion people, what I'm very relaxed on is the definition right now, or on later, I'm very laser focused on the definition right now, mm. right, because I've got millions already, right, I'm stacking it up through life, we get to affect everyone, right, this is my lifetime I get to talk about, so it's a, who do I get to do it for today, and that's where I, that's where I agree with you so much, man, it's, we, you don't, when you are connected to now, you don't chase these other things because you see what it takes to do it. So that if you do want the Lambo and the Island, it's amazing. I want friends that have the Lambo and the Island because I want to ride around in it and go to it with you, right? Mm -hmm. Relationships are everything. What drives you isn't what drives me, right? I'll shoot a video on your Island talking about how to do awesome stuff. And now we're both living our dream. How about that? Right? Like you said, it's, I love to, like, in this transition, how do we keep setting each other up to our strengths? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm in my relationships now. How do I watch your blind spots? Or my dad has a statement. Can't read your label from the inside of the bottle. So we need other people to read our label for us and tell us who are those. Be very intentional with those. That's the way I am with the, the leadership team at 8020. So mm-hmm. that it's who you build with is so important. So important. And that's where the effect you have on your team, you being the way you are makes the people that work for you that way too. It it feeds down from the top. And when we have business owners that do that, we're really making a difference now. That's a huge change just in the overall environment of what it means to be human, how we go about our
0: day. Yeah. You said something that Reminds me of, uh, so we've got this community called the Whale Club, and this idea of, you know, really knowing yourself, knowing your own strengths, but also accounting for your own, let's say, biases. For example, I'm someone who is very quick to action, right? Uh, so I will take action on things with almost zero proof of whether this is going to work out or not right um, i'm also very subject to fomo and comparing myself to other people and like well they have done this right i show up to a, a collective genius event and you know we do a modest let's say 2 to 3 deals a month here in the denver market that used to get me into big trouble cuz i would show up and i would see the the guys who were doing 5 10 15 20 Deals a month and saying to myself, I want what they have. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of what we're going through right now in our community is let's shine a flashlight, not just on our strengths, but on the biases that we're all subject to, because a lot of us don't account for those in the equation that like, Hey, I have a tendency to skip the uh the process where like, let's collect the data and analyze it first. How does this fit with my solvable problem? Because I have such a bias towards chasing more and more and more. And so I'm curious to get your opinion on uh, that own, your, you know, the self-reflectance that's needed, not just on like, here are my strengths, but let's also account for the ways that I'm subject to my own human, you know, reactions right or just human biases that we deal with
1: yeah well first is to know them so i'm very big on journaling for this particular reason um i almost have a full year of my life written down every day which is super helpful because when you i can identify one right that's the thing when i self-honesty is the most important thing in your own life as a human, if you can't be honest with yourself, then you're never going to get anywhere because it requires that. And self-honesty is more important on your biases than it is on your strengths. Have other people prop your strengths up. Know your weaknesses yourself. Discover them because that's that's where life is going to constantly hand you the test, right? When I look back on my own life and what I walked through, I walked through a lot of stuff longer than I needed to. Because of that right there, I was telling myself the wrong story about why it was happening. Mm -hmm. So that's what we dig in on. That's where I dig in. What story am I telling myself? Because if out of the gate, I believe the wrong story, there's nothing I can build on it that's going to work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really well said. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think of the phrase my coach says. But it's like, it's the things that we take action on that we think are true but just ain't so I think that's how he says it. You know, we see the world in a certain lens because we were given this human brain, right. That's wired for survival. It's wired for the will. I call it the woolly mammoth brain. It's like, we were given this, we didn't ask for it. Mm -mm. And so, you know, it's, it's being able to reconcile with like, you're going to have certain we just call them biases, right? Certain tendencies that are geared most of the time towards survival. Yep. Right. The the herd mentality or the FOMO that you feel, these types of things, they're there because we needed it to survive for all these thousands and thousands of years, millions yep. of years. Yep. But now. We're playing business and we're not getting chased, you know, by lions and tigers and hunting woolly mammoths. And those survival based instincts don't always serve us well when we make decisions in life and in business.
1: Actually, here's here's where I'll challenge you there. I think they're working perfectly. What we are doing is telling ourselves the wrong story about what they say. Hmm right? We can't change how it feels. We're just not running for our lives anymore. However, when you got somebody barking down you on that phone and you're getting all stressed out, you feel like you're running for your life. That's the feeling, right? Or whatever it is you're dealing with. So what you do, you use them as indicators. So this is where I go back to journaling. I'll say how I feel that day. I'll tell myself, this is what I, how I felt about what I was going through. Then as I go through life, because I read my journal again, I pay attention to, does it feel the same? Because feelings show up on a range, right? They always have these certain familiarity to them that you have and they're unique to you. You know what happy feels like to you, sad to you, angry to you. Like emotions are uniquely yours, but you need to do is understand them. So when that flag goes up, boom, now you create space between cause and response. Why is the flag up? Okay, what do I normally do when I feel this way? Normally I do this is, does it create the outcome I want? No. What is my action? I'm going to try this this time. Awesome. Let's see if it works. So then I try it. I write it down this time. And then as I keep going, what I'll notice is as you'll do it, you'll create a way of living where you're actually always doing it. You're Mm -hmm. testing everything out in your mind of against that to see what is the proper response? Because you said it, man. We were born with all the ingredients but we don't have the recipe to make this thing work like it should. Until yeah. you make it your greatest asset, it is your greatest liability. There is there is no black and white in that area.
0: You know, and and we call what we call this is the certainty operating system and what you're describing is a certain way of processing things, right? You have to have a filter because if you allow the stories that you're telling yourself around fear or whatever the emotion is, if you're letting that dictate your actions, then, yeah, you are the, the, the woolly mammoth brain, mm-hmm. right? And it's those stories that we have to have a process to actually, you know, reconcile with, whether that's journal- journaling or having just different mechanisms to say, okay, I'm feeling this way. Yeah. What does that? What does that have to do with my current situation? How do I make use of this? What is this telling me? You know, all those things I couldn't agree with more. And I like the way that you said it. It's it's not a negative. It's more of a uh, an indicator, right? Yeah. We can use this information, but you have to have a certain operating system to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to allow your emotions to control your actions, which we know is um, oftentimes not does not behoove a successful entrepreneur
1: opposite effect it's the uh one of my coaches i used to work with he always say micah there's the least you can do there's the most you can do and there's right in the middle all three are valuable but the only one you can repeat the most is right in the middle Mm -hmm. right so getting yourself all you can only be super high excited and pressing for so long before you're going to go all the way to zero yeah. right? So that's where I get really specific in life, even down to my work schedule. If I'm, if I know at work, I'm fixing to push it for a few weeks. I let my kids know. I let my fiance know. I let my world know that, Hey, I'm not going to be the same. I normally am because I'm pushing this gas pedal here, which is going to tilt my life out of balance a little bit, but we're going to account for it later. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm going to back it back off because once you give it in back away, but that middle part, that's the little things, man. That's mm-hmm. the whether it's the way you're handling the moment and that starts the moment you wake up. I always ask myself, right. When I wake up, how am I physically, emotionally, and mentally? Some days you're great in all three. Some days you're no good in all three. Most of the time you're some variation, but knowing how you are to begin with is your launch point because it's, what's telling you the story for the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have a phrase that we say maximum achievability does not equal maximum sustainability (laughs) means like, just because you're performing at your best, that probably is not sustainable over the long <laughs> over the long exactly. run, right? Exactly. Um, so if you if you're looking at progress, it you know if, for those who are listening to this, it's like a ping pong back and forth, like up and down, up and down, up and down. And ideally, your rolling average is increasing over time, and you're raising the floor. Not necessarily saying how do I beat my personal record, my personal best every single day, but like. How do I just stop having really bad days? How do I raise the floor so that my bad days are better? Um, You know, when you look at like power lifters, for example, Mm -hmm. they might do one max rep like every three to four years. They do not do max PRs constantly because what they're doing is they're raising their floor slowly over time um mm, so i just I, I had to run on a tangent there i don't know if that's no, related that's, to what we were talking about but it's
1: 100 percent. i like the way you said it because it ties back into my whole story and i say this everywhere you only need to raise floors and forget ceilings right because your floor your floor is as far as you can fall right starting in a y2k cold middle of the woods that's very low and what I, the first time I was on my way out building a business, I built myself way up, but all I did was raise ceilings and I built zero floors. Right. So when life hit, it was all the way back down. It wasn't a small fall. And that's where I'm very passionate about that. You raise yourself over time and then any given day, you can jump super high. Go ahead. Have a great time. But if I can keep lifting my floor up, you keep jumping. Pretty soon, I'll just be standing above you. Yeah. Right that's that's where I love that. I love that man.
0: 100%. Well, let's shift gears towards the practical application of what you do to help entrepreneurs raise their floor. You know, we we've talked we talk about the barbell all the time on this show and I want to hone in on the reliable side of the barbell. We could probably talk about upside. I'm sure you have, you know, all sorts of stuff to share, but what you really do and you bring to the table is you help business owners, investors, entrepreneurs create more reliability in their business. What that means to me is you're raising the floor consistently, mm-hmm. right? So I want to hear a little bit more of the, like the tactical, the practical, how are you helping entrepreneurs do this?
1: Okay. So specifically when it comes to eighty twenty 20 REI and how we dig in with you there, that's the question. All right. What we do is based on our history, We have done over one and a half billion cold calls and text messages ourselves. We have studied deeply how how do people respond to what message and when and why based on as many distress points as you can think of. That's what we dedicated ourselves to doing because that is a long study. What it taught us was a great list is only 30% of the problem. If you're not getting, if your data provider isn't giving you a strategy on how to use their data they made for you, they're only giving you 30% because the strategy is 50%. And this is the cadence. This is when to call, when to text, when to send the letter, how often based on who the people are and what they're going through so that you're not contacting when you shouldn't. You're not wasting money on houses you don't want. You are intentionally using every marketing touch on purpose towards an end. That's what we're providing you. The granular, we'll dig in with you and deliver your cold call scripts, your targeted messaging. We provide biweekly training to your staff and our private group on how to maximize your ROI month after month after month. What we learned was this is a huge piece. This one system on the front is a lot of parts. and. We own a sister real estate company doing about a hundred deals a year, so we know what it's like to do it. What it's like to run the whole business. This is a whole business in itself. So what we did was say, let's plug in right here intentionally to help professional investors. You you're doing the you're in the two to three deals consistently, Mark. That's who we're looking for. Someone who has already established themselves. They understand real estate. You've built a fire. We're going to come pour gas on that so that now you talk to your market intentionally, consistently. That's the, that's the nitty gritty, man. If anyone says that outbound marketing is 180 days or less, not true. It's Mm -hmm. long. Once you begin, never stop.
0: Yeah. Well, I can, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else, but my business, we, when we were doing a lot of, let's just say paid marketing. The majority of our business now comes through personal branding. It's part Mm -hmm. of why I did this podcast because people hear it and then they're like, hey, I heard you were in real estate and they bring me deals Um, because I'm not a very good operator. (laughs) I found that like managing all the data and all the people and all the things that had to happen, I had so many leaks in my bucket, right? And just points where we were just not very efficient. Uh, And I think, part of that was like, I, I just was finding myself playing a game that I didn't really want to play. I don't want to be an excellent operator. I would rather find somebody else who's an excellent operator and like bring them the value that I bring, which is sales, right? You and I are sales guys. That's what we do. You know, we sell. Um, and so like, that particular business was tough for me because I was, you know, I felt like I was just constantly trying to plug holes in different things like this. But but what I love about the business that you guys do is you're coming in and it's it, it's sort of an an out-of-the-box. Like, here's the data, here's when you're gonna call, here's the message you're gonna send. Just click this button right here and we'll and we'll do it for you. Right yeah. and and I'm very very attracted to those types of businesses nowadays because I say to myself, wow, if I hadn't changed course, these are the types of people I would be using, mm-hmm. um, and and that's what you do for businesses, yeah. right? As you help them plug the holes in their bucket so that they are calling the right people. I mean, how many? I probably pulled like I probably have hundreds, if not millions, of data points in my you know, CRM and just data that yeah. I've pulled over the years. How many of those are just completely worthless properties? Either they were never going to sell their house. There's no motivation there. There was yeah. just on some uh, prop stream list, right? Or list source list. Yeah. And it's like, well, again, it's all about being intentional, doing the little things and making sure that your, your resources are allocated to the right places.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then it's the consistency to it. So it's easy to do it one month, but to do all the management, to keep everything in order, that gets difficult over time. And unless you want to own a business like that, that's why we built this option where every month you get an updated list with an updated strategy, completely customized to you, just do it so that you can focus on what you're good at, which is sales. 95% of investors that own companies, they're great at sales. That's not a mystery. There's a reason for that, right? That's that's who we're trying to work with. We call them the professional investor. This is what you want to do. Now you want to get really good at it. Mm. Let's go.
0: I love it, man. Um, I like to finish this show with leaving the listeners with a lesson that you've learned either, you know, in your career, in your life, or even recently at 80, 20. Um, but what would you, what would you uh, care to leave the listeners with in terms of a lesson that you've learned?
1: Oh man, I think you just said it. And it was beautiful when you said it, you said for your business, you realized you needed to start a podcast like this. You needed to go out and find business a different way. You need to do it for you. So what I'll leave you with is never trade your truth for membership.
0: Mm.
1: That thing that makes you do these things the way you do, that's very special to you. It's creating your life. Don't change it. This helps with the comparison game with all of it. Like when you operate from this point, doesn't matter what anybody else does. You're doing you and it's creating all of it, man. Never trade your truth for membership.
0: That'd make a great six word update. So that might be the title of this show. So
1: boom, dude, yeah, six. (laughs) Yes, I had to count it out because I was so pumped. Do the little things well with six.
0: That's great, man. Micah, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, your story or 8020 REI and uh, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, 8020rei.com. You can click the claim your market button, visit me there. If you want to go on social media, Instagram, man m johnson07 I believe it is I think I shared it with you that's where I tell a little bit more of my own story um yeah reach out there feel free
0: we'll make sure to put all that in the show notes um thank you for coming on and sharing your story man it's uh it was a I thought it was a very engaging conversation we got to talk about all sorts of different things and um, you know, I just appreciate your perspective on things. So, you guys touch base and get out, get in touch with uh, Micah if you want to learn how to uh, be intentional with your marketing. Uh, he's the expert on that and the go-to guy for that. So, thank you for everyone who tuned in. Uh, lastly, we encourage everybody who's listening. Uh, This is the Investor Frame podcast. And so the Investor Frame says, knowing what we know now, so what Mike and I just talked about, what changes do you need to make in your life, your business, your investments to help you get closer to the things that matter to you? Thank you again, Micah, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Everybody else, we'll catch you guys uh, on the next episode.